The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Sunday, August 12th, 2018, season 14, episode number 25. Welcome to the most anticipated hour of your day, we hope, the break. I am Derek Eagleton. I got my normal crew here with me, Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, David Hellman. We appreciate you guys taking some time with us to talk some no, Cowboys football today. No, we appreciate you taking some time with <laughs> us today. Turn the radio down. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you, Amber, for welcoming. Nick, what are you talking about? Because your stuff's going on here. Just like you would tell oh, a caller, oh. turn your radio down. I'm paying attention to our, our app. Actually, we had an update this week on our app. So now when you go into the app, you'll see immediately you should see our show pop up. And you should also be able to see the fan pulse where we'll put up the poll questions and where you can just respond to what we're saying. Yes, whether you like it or dislike it, you can vote as many times as you like. But our fan question for today is, who impressed the most in the preseason game? We're going to talk a lot about that game. We're going to dive into all the details and hear from these guys what they liked, what they saw that they liked, uh, what they didn't like uh, coming out of that game. And uh, there were lots of things to, to really like. Cowboys lose the game, uh, but certainly there were a lot of things that you could like uh, if you were watching that game from, from the perspective of what a preseason game really is. Uh, let's start first, though, with a, a little bit of news. Randy Gregory yesterday returns to practice. Uh, he's out there um, with the team yesterday in pads. Talk to me about what he was able to do yesterday and, and what you think he'll be able to do, I guess, over the next week before they break camp on Friday. He was able to go through some pass rush drills with the dummies. That's about awesome. it. Yeah. Um, That's progress. It is progress. It's something that resembles football, which is great for him, and it's a step in the right direction. It's not overly exciting. It, he basically did, you know, he did the defensive end drills that they do before every single practice. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't know what it means going forward because, you know, it's been we've been out here for like now 20 days, I think, and this is his first time getting involved. And so I wonder how much more he's going to do between now and what? I mean, the last practice is probably Thursday, and it's probably not even going to be a real deal practice. Uh, so I think this is going to be slow and steady. Like, I don't know that he's going to do a whole lot more than that until we get back from Oxnard. You still think there's a chance, and I'll pose this, this question to Nick, do you still think there's a chance uh, that he's actually ready to play by week one, or do you think this is something where maybe he's ready to play by midseason? Mm-hmm. Oh, if it, he better be ready yeah, to play one. faster than midseason if they're going to carry him on the 53, and they're week going one. to. So yeah. Week one. You think he's ready to play week one? I don't know if he's ready to play, but I think he puts a uniform on, he wears number 94, and he gets out there. I mean, Could he be inactive, I guess, for um, a few weeks heading yes. into the season? He, he could, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. When do you want me to answer this? My bad. Uh, I think that he, I think he he does. I mean, I do think that he will play week one. I think he's going to play. I think they've waited on him for two years pretty much, and and he needs to get himself ready. Now it's on him. I mean, I know that they can say all they want to about easing into the situation, but it's on him to say, all right, you've got to get yourself to the point where you can play, even at an 8 to 10 snap, you know, just somewhere where you can contribute. I, I think that he'll be ready. He may not be as ready as he, you know, as he could be, but we've seen with Dan Bailey, we've seen with Jalen Smith, they put guys out there when they're not, 
100% ready, that's the NFL. You have to do that. I think Gregory has to play if he's you know, even anywhere close to being ready. One other guy that showed up yesterday was Sean Lee. Uh, he has, although he's been out here, he hasn't really been allowed to practice. Uh, what did you see from him yesterday? What was he able to do and not do, I guess, at this point? He's basically one of those guys, and we always talk about him, how he's always ready. I mean, you throw him in there, and he just looks great. And he was able to move around just like he has been practicing. I mean, it looked like a guy that has been practicing every single day. He he doesn't need all that, and people want to comment about him on social media. It's like, oh, we have to protect Sean Lee. Oh, he's so weak, blah, blah. Uh. No, he <laughs> yes, he, he has those injuries, whatever, but he is not weak. He is super strong and what, Nick? I'm just laughing. I didn't know Twitter sounded like that, but it does. I guess it does sound that way. Well, when I read it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she puts at the <laughs> front of it. Anyways, he's looking great. He doesn't need the extra practice. And yesterday he showed that. I mean, two weeks into training camp and he looks like that. He's awesome. All right. Let's go ahead and flip over to the game. Um, like I said before, I think – um, although the Cowboys lost 24-21, if you're watching preseason as you should from the standpoint of how do the players look, how did the first team look, uh, first team offense and defense, um, there were lots of things that come out of that game feeling very positive about. And I think we have to start with Dak Prescott. Um, he played one series. He was 3 of 3 for 39 yards, had a touchdown pass. And I thought the most impressive thing was the touchdown pass was what we had been talking about out here that he wasn't doing quite as well, which is – being able to connect on those on those throws downfield. This was a traditional nine route. Uh, great route, in my opinion, by Michael Gallup. But I want to hear from you guys from the standpoint of what you saw in that game and what you've seen out here. How do you make the two mesh up uh, from the standpoint of him just, you know, he hadn't been great out here all the time, but looked really, really crisp and looked really good in the game. Well, I think it was, looked exactly like 2016. Um, in a lot of ways, he didn't look that great in practice. The lights come on, he goes out, marches them right down the field, and he did it very in a methodical way. They they have total control of the game. Then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, they lose uh, exactly like they did in the Rams. It looked ex it looked very similar to that game, but from a Dak uh, perspective, I thought he did a really nice job of just kind of getting first downs and moving along, and and then scoring with the big uh, touchdown. My favorite thing about the entire thing was yesterday's practice when we got back out here he looked bad again <laughs> he just he wasn't here we go he couldn't he, he missed on about three long throws he had michael gallup in team drills uh he had a couple of balls that should have been long gains that he just he he put he let his receiver a little too much and i was just like that's you man do you Dak? because it looked good when the lights were on i'll you tell you that any friends that cover and like in the sec that cover mississippi state uh, not really, no. I just wonder if you went back there and they were like, he was horrible at practice. The spring game, well, the rune and white game, he was bad. The bummer with that is, like, college football is such a mystery. Like, they don't open their practices to anybody. So, I don't know. But it's certainly the case in the NFL. Like, I mean, he looked fantastic out there the other night. It looked exactly like you want it to look. They didn't even have Zeke. It didn't matter. Picked up a crucial third down. The touchdown pass was beautiful. Uh, and then he comes back out here, and it's just like eh, kind of herky jerky. It's just yeah. it is what it is. And to our credit, if you rewind the tape back before the game, I think we we all said the same thing. We're like, it doesn't look very good. I'm not worried about it. And that's how I feel. That's how I felt before. It's definitely how I feel after. Let's talk a little bit about Cooper Rush, who I think had a great game as well. He was 15 to 23, 145 yards, a touchdown, 97.2 passer rating. 
that's a good stat line for a guy playing a significant amount of time. Um, just thinking about Cooper Rush and kind of where he fits on this team, do you guys feel comfortable with him being your primary backup? He doesn't have a lot of experience, but he seems to be getting every year, getting a little bit better. He's shown some things last year. He's shown a few flashes in the first preseason game this year. How do you feel about him as your primary backup? Not very good. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen him do anything but play in the preseason. Honestly, uh, I don't want to nitpick because he wound up playing a pretty good game, but in the when he first came in, arguably when he was playing a better San Francisco defense, I don't think he looked that great. Uh, he got better as the game wore on, and if you want to be cynical, maybe as the talent level on the defense dropped mm -hmm. off a little bit. Um, I, we talked about this. I don't think you were here, but we, you know, me and Nick both agree that it would be nice to have a more veteran quarterback, even if he's not your backup, just a veteran in the room who's done there and played some games. I don't know how you can feel good about a guy who's never done is it. He, is he not better than – I mean, to me, I would think I, what I see, he's better than those veteran guys that you've had as backups in the past. Is he not? Like, who are you talking about? Kellen Moore. He's definitely better than Kellen Moore. Matt Castle. He's now his coach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you Matt Castle. But um, what's uh, Brandon Whedon. No, I don't think so. Really? Better play. You're saying is Cooper Rush better than Matt Castle and, and Brandon Whedon? It's hard to know. Cause it, I, it, it, it is hard to know. Okay. But, uh, for example, yes, uh, I mean, at the game, and we've talked about this, Nick, you know, he does not look good. He doesn't look good. Who? But, Cooper Rush Cooper on the Rush. field. Okay. He doesn't look good. It's not a clean yeah, not game, flashy. but he's able to get the job done, and he was able to move down the offense. Right. I, I agree with you there. If you had to play a game, it's probably not going to look that much different. But for what I want that guy to do the majority of his time is to be an extra set of eyes for, for Dak and be some experience. And he hasn't – he hasn't played any at all. Like He's never started a game. And then his quarterback coach has only started six. So, uh, as we've said before, somebody in the room. Okay, okay. But, for example, Mark Sanchez, he yeah. brought the experience yes. with him. And we know how much he helped Dak yeah. off the field. But when it was time for Mark to get on the field, I mean, it was horrible. So, yes, I get that. But that's where the coaching comes from. That's what the coaching should be able to do. But when you throw in the backup – in the field, I mean, he right. should be able to perform as well. And the the veteran guys have, they've gone into the field. I mean, they haven't showed that much better. I I, I agree with you there. I, I uh, Cooper Rush, it's not his fault. I mean, this is he hasn't asked to be. You know, he he signed with the Cowboys. He's done everything they've asked him to do. But I'm just saying, at some point, I think that there there needs to be a veteran presence. Maybe it's a third quarterback. He's inactive all the time. You know, maybe he is the third quarterback. He's at 14 years. He's inactive. He wears a ball cap. He does. He's not going to play in the game, but he's sitting there on the sidelines and he can help. That's all I'm saying. And, and that doesn't knock no, Cooper no, Rush no, out of I, a and job. I, I, yeah. And don't disagree now with it knocks, the veteran uh, presence, but a linebacker out of a job. I mean, knocks somebody out of a job. Tied in maybe. Well, the, I mean, well, it's tricky too because this is a conversation I keep having, which is. This team's keeping three quarterbacks, and Mike White's going to be one of them, I feel like. So it mm. makes it kind of tricky to keep a veteran when you have that much commitment to, to youth, which and 
I, I'm not hating on Cooper Rush. He's done, like Nick said, he's done everything they've asked him to. But it's hard for me when you say comfortable. It's hard for me to feel yeah. comfortable with a guy who's never started an NFL game. Yeah, and what I what I don't like is kind of what all of you guys are saying is just the overall experience in the room. Like it would be one thing if you still had Wade Wilson as your quarterbacks coach. Then having three young quarterbacks, in my opinion, is not a huge deal because you got a ton of experience there to be right. able to 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 give to those young guys. But now you've got Kellen Moore, who's a young guy coaching those guys and a room full of inexperienced guys. I mean, Dak has a lot of experience for a second-year player, but he still is a guy going into his third year in the NFL. So there's not a ton of experience in that room. I think that can be somewhat of an issue. And if you're going to have a third quarterback, I think I'd like it to be a more veteran guy. But I probably think that – I mean, I think – that they might like Mike White, and they feel like they probably have to have him on the roster if they like him and, and like what his, his potential is down the road. I mean, right. just little things like week one at Carolina. You're, you know, the, the pre- preparing for the week of, okay, you know, where's the where's the play clock and, and, and the crowd noise and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's That's like a great point. The little yeah. things of like, so where's the locker room at? Kellen Moore's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I've never been there. I never started that game, you know, and, oh, okay, Cooper Rush definitely doesn't know. Mike White doesn't know anything. You know, Dak's like, yeah, I haven't even played here either. I mean, just little things like that. Yeah, you figure it out. I get yeah. it. But it's just like at some point you'd like somebody to be like, well, back at, you know, back in my day when, when we played at Soldier Field or something, you know, a guy that actually has a little experience. Just know when we're going into this end zone, the wind does this little something, funny thing. Like yeah. if there are little things that yeah. like you could probably pick up from as a veteran that this group will not have the, the benefit of that. Now, right. you also have to remember the head coach, played quarterback in NFL for a very long time. So uh, maybe he lends some of that to that room because he knows he has to because it's not there right now. Who knows? Uh, but he does have that experience that he can lend that I think that might help. Um, let's talk about another position that we've talked a lot about during training camp. We haven't always said very glowing things about them, but I thought they played pretty well, the tight ends. Dave, give me your assessment on what you thought of the tight ends in this game. Yeah, um, I thought it was a little bit of a mixed bag. Honestly, you go back and watch, like, you know, we've given all of them grief to some degree, but Dalton Schultz, uh, he had some nice blocks there at the start of the game when he was working with the first team, uh, just drove his man right downfield. Kind of got bullied a little bit on the goal line, which we've seen out here. Um, I think Blake Jarwin had the first catch of the game, did he mm-hmm. not? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they played well for the most part. I know – People are upset that Rico only got like 16 snaps, I think. But um, I think for the most part, the the guys that I'm looking at to contribute to the you know the first team offense, I thought played pretty well for the most part. I thought one of the things that was most telling is uh, we talked about what are they going to do? Are they going to stick with playing 12 personnel as much as they usually do? Are they going to maybe when they go to 13 personnel when they need that bigger lineup? Are they going to bring in offensive linemen? They did that early in the game and with the first team. They did some 12 personnel. They did some 13 personnel in all those situations. They had tight ends on the field. And as Dave said, they actually played pretty well. And it does, and I'll I'll get your opinions on it. I think it signals that they don't necessarily think they have to change what they've been doing over the last few years from the standpoint of how they deploy their tight ends. It seems like, again, this is just preseason, but it seems like they may be very willing to put those guys out there in those situations. Yeah, and and if Swain's going to – you know, kick out and have some nice blocks like, like he did. Nobody's going to really pancake anyone from the tight end position, nor, and, and they haven't in the last few years. I mean, not that Jason Witten has always been a get-in-the-way blocker. He's He's been good at it. You know, he probably would take offense to that, but he's been <laughs> a very good get-in-the-way type of blocker with, with the technique and all that. Now, Martellus Bennett, 
was was really really good. He was a really good blocker there. That's the last I think great blocking tight end that they've had. I don't know if they're going to go out and try to get one of those. They're going to say, "All right, let's work on the technique. We got a good coach in here. Let's just try to make sure that we we're sound in what in what we do." And yeah, I don't think that they changed anything. I'm curious because if I had to guess, knowing this coaching staff the way we do, you're probably right. They're not going to change up a whole lot. But the other thing is, that's what preseason's for, is seeing what you have. Mm -hmm. So you throw those guys out there and see if they can do it. Hopefully they're encouraged by what they saw and they give it another look in the next game and so on. But if they, you know, they trot those guys out there in the preseason and it's a disaster, maybe that informs their decision-making as the season gets closer. Have you guys, after that game, have you come to any um – any more of a conclusion on which tight ends you think will separate themselves, who becomes a starter, who are the guys that probably going to be kept on this team? Should fans read anything into the fact that Rico wasn't out there when they were running out three tight ends there early in the game? Uh, what, what were your just general overall look at the tight end position coming out of that game? I think what they, they, they obviously want it to go a certain way, and that's how they put it out there, and nothing changed from that. They want Swain to be the guy. They want Jarwin to also be uh, involved. They want Schultz to have a role because he needs to make the team. And maybe they don't want Rico's catching a, a touchdown in the first two weeks of preseason and then causing up a big stir on everything. So it, they kind of kept him back. Okay. Bug. <laughs> Yeah. Why? <laughs> All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I do want to talk some more about the offense. We'll get into the running backs, the offensive line, wide receivers. Uh, and then we'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball where there were also some very, uh, very good things that we saw, particularly at the linebacker position. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from Oxnard, California. 
It is the final week of training camp here out in California. We'll be heading back home this Friday, uh, and we'll start back up with our shows on Monday. Make sure you uh, check the website for details on when the shows will happen this week. I don't think we'll have shows on Thursday. We're going to have to pack up and get out of here. Uh, but we should have shows on Monday and Wednesday of this week. Um, and then again, next week we'll be back in Dallas and we'll start up our normal schedule of shows live from the star uh, starting up on Monday. All right, so let's get back into this. We're talking about the game. Cowboys lose. Cowboys have a pretty good game. Cowboys, uh, I think Cowboys fans probably feel pretty positive coming out of that game. Let's talk a little bit about the running backs. Um, we know, obviously, that Ezekiel Elliott and Rod Smith are making this team. Um, but then there's a little bit of a gray area on who's going to separate themselves as the other guys. Talk to me about what you saw from the backups, particularly Bo Scarborough, Darius Jackson. You can throw in Trey Williams if you like, but talk to me about the backups and what you saw in this game and if that cleared up anything in your mind about who may be coming out of that group as, as possibilities to make the team. I don't think there's any gray area whatsoever anymore after watching that. And I'm not – I don't care about Bo's 28-yard run. I mean, it was impressive, but just seeing – the way they planned that game out for Bo Scarborough just told me all I need to know that they, I mean, they want him on the team. Not like they have anything against Darius Jackson or Trey Williams, but he's their draft pick. He's a highly talented kid coming from a big-time program, and they want him on the team. And, again, forget the fact that he had a 28-yard run. He was the first running back into the game after the starter. He got the majority of the work with the better players, and he was all over special teams. They were using him as a winger. He was on punt team. I believe he was on kick team. I think that's right. Um, and that's what we've been saying is he needs to find that role if he's going to make the team. Well, they're doing everything in their power to fi help him find that role. And I just I think that they would prefer that he win that job, and I think he's going to. N and not like it's being handed to him. He's played well. He's played well out here. He looked good in the game. And I just I would bet on him making the 53. Talk about a guy like Trey Williams who offers you a little something than maybe what you have in Bo Scarborough or what you would have in Darius Jackson as a, as a little bit of a quicker change of pace kind of back. I would take him out of the equation. I mean, they cut him during training camp yeah. and then signed him back up the next day. So a guy that you do that kind of move shows you that you're not that interested. You know? And I, I get that. I'm saying as just people observing the team, do you think there should be a role for a guy like him because he presents a different kind of back than maybe the backs that you have? We're good. Not for him. I think he's a camp body. Uh, for sure, I think Darius Jackson's better than him, mm -hmm. and he played he played more. Um, I think that they just have they have um, you want a linebacker to play special teams. Linebackers are great on special teams because they're typically pretty fast and and they're big and they're strong. And Bo Scarborough can give you a linebacker to play special teams, but he but he's a he's your third running back. That's that's the ideal situation. There is how many third running backs are actually give you that type of body size for a a uh, special teams guy so he's got to learn how to do it it's not just you know it's not something you can just pick up but i think it was a good start all right let's move on to the wide receiver position uh, again you got guys that you know are going to make this team cole beasley terrence williams and uh, um, hearns um but you also had other guys Tavon austin will make the team but he played in the game and played pretty well nick i know you wrote in your five mm -hmm. things to watch uh, they actually saw him catch some passes going down the field a little bit. Not deep down the field, but just out into the field, just right? Just enough. Just um, enough to, to make sure you're not comparing him to Lucky Whitehead. I right. mean, he's actually doing things on this side of the line of scrimmage, which is good because when he goes 
laterally, it'll only make it a little bit more effective. Both of his receptions were, I would say, at least eight yards down the field, if not more. 12 and 13. There was yeah. two for 25. 12 yeah. and 13 was pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. And, and like you said, I thought it was a great point you made that if you get him up the field that some, way. then at least the defense has to respect the fact that he's not just in there to catch, to, to get the, the sweep, the, the, the reverse, or whatever they're going to use him in the backfield to do. He actually can run a route and actually catch some passes for you. Defenses have to respect him in that way, and they can't just put a linebacker on him. they got to put somebody to keep up with his speed. Which, uh, I'm, I apologize, I don't know who put this on Twitter, but you know, there's a whole community of people who break down games of every team, but obviously the Cowboys too, and uh, I think Rod Smith's long run on the first drive, Tavon motioned mm -hmm. out, and you know it was a little fake. You know exactly what we talk about, and it just shows you what he can do for a run game, even if he's not getting the ball, because San Francisco's left in bid on it like nobody's business, and just took himself out of the play immediately. And it's yep. just little stuff like that. I think Rod got something like 14 yards on the carry. And that's that's what you're talking about. His speed scares people, and it can do things for your run game. And when they do that, they got three options really to run the ball in any given play if they move him in motion like that. They've got Zeke or whoever the tailback is. They got him, and they also got Prescott. So defenses have to be aware that there are three different ways and three different guys that can get the ball in those kinds of running plays. That just diversifies. You give Zeke one extra guy of the play, that may be the difference between a four or five yard run and him taking it to the house. So uh, I think that's that's huge for the Cowboys. Um, talk about Lance Lenore. Um, he had a touchdown in the game, a really nice nice route. His stat line didn't look great, um, but to be honest with you, I don't know that it needed to after what you've seen out here in practice and then catching the touchdown pass. Do you think he's kind of secured himself a spot there as that sixth person? Do you think maybe he's pushing Noah Brown out, or do you think the Cowboys may have to consider the possibility of going seven at wide receiver? Did see Noah Brown back in practice. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah. Um, he didn't got he did not make the trip. Uh, he was um, banged up a little bit, but yeah, he's back out there. Um, you know, he gives you something that L Lenore doesn't. Um, in in the, from a blocking standpoint, I don't know. I I think I think something different is going to shake out. I really do. I, I don't know what, but but you you said your three locks. And I don't even know if I like all three of them as as locks on really? the team. I, I just wow. which one which one do you not know. see as a lock? I don't know. I want to know what's going on with Cole Beasley. I mean, he has the groin injury, right? Didn't make the trip. That's a day of rest. Then the next day, which the players have off, that's the second day. Then yesterday, he wasn't out here doing anything either. Not even rehab or any kind of thing. So I don't know what is going on with that. Well, Cole's making this team. There's okay. no way Cole okay, yeah, he's making yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wasn't he at the game? Why wasn't he at the game? If if he's got an injury. No, 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 he doesn't. He doesn't have an injury. He's sore. He was sore. He was sore. That's what the, the strength coach that I talked to said. He was sore. Um, but if you're sore, you can make a 45-minute trip on a flight, and you can sit there, and you can be on the sideline with sunflower seeds and help these young receivers in different group and – Walker, you know, and, and, and kind of show the ropes a little bit. That's what Deshaun Lee did. It's what Zeke did. It's what the guys are doing that they're not playing. I just don't understand why you're not in the game. Well, if, if, game. You're, if, if it's soreness that keeps you out, which I assume that means it's not your typical soreness, probably some different kind of soreness, maybe there was treatment back here that he was able to receive that he didn't, he wouldn't have been able to receive there. I don't know. I, I don't just, either. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's a good question. What's you think going? there's more going on? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think so. I know his agent was here a few weeks ago or a week ago. Um, I think there's been discussions of a contract, but I, I, I don't know. I just it's just it's just weird that he's not doing that whole lot. We see Sean Lee's not not 
playing for a certain reason, but he's still out there doing certain things. Right. I think that there's just more to it. There's got to be. There's got to be. Just like Rico last year tied him. It's just got to be more to it than just that. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. I mean, I, it, it's I mean, yeah. Which I mean, he he did he did, he a, did little a little bit of, he yesterday. did a little bit of rehab yesterday, and he was at practice. Um, it's one of those but things not too. Much. No, no. Maybe I mean, he, no, he wasn't padded up or anything. It's just, you know, I know we have another week left in Oxnard, but like I said, it's it's really about two practices. Yeah. So, I wonder, I wonder what this week is going to look like for him and for a lot of other guys. Because if he's not practicing yesterday. I, I don't know, but I won't be surprised if he doesn't practice till we go back is basically yeah. what I'm saying. Right, so. and, and that didn't really – I know you guys were talking about him not travel or whatever. That doesn't really raise red flags for me so much just because looking at how this coaching staff treats their veteran players, they give them they, – they try to take care of them during training camp quite a bit. I mean, they do a lot of veteran days. They, you know, they'll give guys off. They'll have guys just not doing certain things. And, and then they come back, and it's not like they were really injured as much as it was just they wanted to – there was a little something, and they were like, let's just be cautious and let's just sit them. Um, and, and the hope, I assume, I mean, is that they want to get to the season and have a full cast of players rather than have a guy that's still kind of gimpy. I mean, <clears throat> let me ask you this. For, Jason Garrett has issued 14 players in his leadership council. It's a lot of players. When, it is. When, you, when you consider 45 of them are going to be in uniform, so that's about one out of every three. Would you think Cole Beasley's in the 14? Um, he's been here eighty. He's played eighty six games. It's like the fourth most on the team. Not necessarily, because it's all about. I think in that in that respect, it a lot of times has to do with your leadership capabilities. Because we've seen other guys that were that had been here for a while. That I mean, Des wasn't on that council, was he? Well, I know he wasn't one of the captains, but was 14 he? Fourteen players. I mean, that that's like one or from every position and a little bit more. I mean, I I can't imagine him not being. In there, and if he's not then out of fourteen players, then that that brings another red flag for me. That's even more. I, I'm just saying, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's one of the guys. Okay. If he's one of the guys, then I would think for the first preseason game, this is a changing of the guard. This is a new team. There's especially on offense in the passing game. There's no Des. There's no Witten. You're a part of this thing, and I just thought thought it was interesting that he wasn't really. Do you think there. he's the leader of that group? Um, it's perceived by the players, by the other receivers in that room. Who do you think the Probably leader is in that anymore. room? Probably not anymore. Who do you think is the leader in that room? I don't have the slightest idea. I don't well, either. Tavon Austin has been the more, the most vocal one. Yeah. Out here at He's practice. the most experienced one, right? Him yeah. And Terrence. Yeah. I, pe people want to write off Terrence's experience. He's been a starter in the NFL for six years, five years now. True. Played, you know, three, four playoff games. I think had some nice, think. nice plays for this team I too. I think yeah. Sanjay Lau is the leader of that group. That's just the way it is. He's the position coach, and right now until somebody kind of emerges, it's hard for Tavon Austin as a new player to say, I'm the leader. It's hard for Alan Hearns to do it. It's hard for Terrence Williams with the offseason that he had. It's it's hard for him to be the leader, and it's hard for Cole Beasley to be the leader too. He's had 39 catches last year. So and the, no, there, it's, it's there for, for the taking if somebody yeah. wants to step up and have it. Which, to get back to your original question, I'm – I, I have a better idea about damn near every position on this team than I did when we got here. You know, like tight end, you know, defensive line, linebacker, blah, blah, running back. I don't know. I don't have a slightly better idea what to think about these receivers. You would think based on his performance that Lance Lenore has carved out a roster spot. But that seems hard to just acknowledge three weeks before roster cuts because, honestly, 
he's played great. I'm not trying to diminish that, but he feels redundant to me in terms of his skill set. You know, like Michael Gallup, Lance Lenore, Terrence Williams, they all seem kind of similar. Uh, and that's, you know, I've always leaned toward Noah Brown because he's got a body type and a skill set that nobody else has, but he's not practicing. Uh, and so maybe they keep seven receivers. I don't know. I, I don't have a better idea of what to expect than and I did Deontay two weeks ago. Deontay Thompson's kind of Deontay Tom, really he's talked about him. He's been great in the times that he's been practicing, but he's been, you know, nursing an Achilles strain recently. He's tight with Sanjay Lal. They were in Buffalo together. That's something I think you have to consider. Again, and he's got a skill set that the other guys don't because he is lightning fast. And the special teams coach said to me, uh, Keith O'Quinn said that, that when they get to the season, Tavon will be the punt returner and Deontay will be the kick returner. So that just kind of well, – There's just, a spot. Well, yeah. I was like, okay, I guess Deontay's making it. You know, I mean, just now obviously everything's subject to change. Yeah. But and the special team, in a lot of instances, the special team guy – coach will get what's kind of left like yeah. they don't get they don't get the same yeah uh you know because they're looking at the positions now of course it factors in but at the end of the day i've heard a lot of special teams coaches talk about it from the standpoint you kind of get what you get a little bit yeah you might get yourself a one or two guys that you say that's my guy but mm -hmm. you get what you get the rest of the way all right well that'll be a change because rich Basaccia used to get what he wanted like all <laughs> across all that boards. also might be why he's not here anymore. you get uh, what maybe. you get i don't know don't throw a fit but I don't know. That's what they teach them in daycare and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You know, I know I'd heard it you before. You want the blue popsicle, the red before. one? You get what you get. And Alan, I mean, that. it's weird because, again, like, the, I mean, to some degree, the wide receiver depth chart is set because, like, Hearns is making the team, Tavon's making the team, Cole's making the team. I think Terrence is a damn near lock, and obviously Gallup your draft pick Gallup. Yeah. yeah. So that leaves one, maybe two spots. But, I don't. yeah, like, I would put Lance Lenore on the team today, but, again, it, it's, there's a lot of time and a lot of stuff that has to happen still. And the fact of the matter is, if Lance Lenore's on this team, it won't be because he can catch passes. It will be because he mm -hmm. can play special teams. Yeah. And so we need to see more of that, I guess, That's uh, the other to be able to determine whether he's going to make the I team I don't think or not. he'd be active. If, if, you carry, if you carry seven receivers, one of them or maybe even two of them is going to not even dress every yeah. week, which, yeah. like, that's a waste. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to make of it. And my assumption is, for a guy like Lance Lenore, I don't think you're worried as much that you put him out there that he's going to be snapped That's up really quickly. Maybe he does. It, I don't know. I mean, he's making touchdown yeah, catches like that. They better but sit him down. I think in probably 20 camps, if not more, they got a guy like that yeah, that they're like, like, man, that. this receiver's looking yeah. really good. Which, and, okay, you know. yeah, like Eric Rodgers comes to mind, and A.J. Jenkins flashed for a week or two a couple yeah. years ago. But And that was – I talked to Lance about that after the game. I was like – it's big for you to take this into a game because we saw it at camp all last year. Uh, so, I mean, if he keeps doing that in games, I think it'll make a difference for him. And, and I, I think there's something that you need to, f to factor in. Um, you know, Lance Lenore was here last year. He'll be, you know, he'll be around probably this year. I don't know if they want to cut ties with him because you start thinking about next year, even though, you know, most the GMs and, and, and Will McClay and all that – Everyone's focused on right now. But Terrence Williams may not be on this roster next year. Cole Beasley's in last year of his deal. Tavon Austin's in last year of his deal. Deontay Thompson could not be here as well. Uh, Hearns will probably be here, even though he, he signed a two-year deal. Mm -hmm. Gallup for sure. So, I mean, like, let's say that, that, that you, you let go of, of, of him and Lenore signs with someone else. He goes to the Bears and does great there. And then all of a sudden you're here next year and you're like, man, we could have had him, but we kept him for these guys who are not even here anymore. So you do need to kind of think about that and go, all right, well, 
let's 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 find a way maybe to go heavy at receiver this year because it's going to shake out somehow this year and definitely next year. We're going to be talking a lot about receivers on the draft show in 2019, I bet. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're remaking that position. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. They look dominant as always. There was one hiccup, though. Connor Williams, my guy from Texas, had a moment, uh, gave up a sack. Uh, were you at all – I know he's had a pretty good camp out here. Were you at all concerned about seeing that happen um, in that game? Because he will be the – I mean, obviously he's the young guy on that offensive line. And from that standpoint, um, I wouldn't even want – I don't even want to call him a weak link, but he is – of all the guys there, he's the guy that probably is the lesser at this point with his in, with his uh, inexperience. Are you at all concerned about going into the season with him at guard after that that sack? But if you think about it from the standpoint of all right, well, anybody, any position, say all right, he's played tackle for for in college for three years, and then he's going to play at guard. And man, the first snap, first drive at guard, he gave up a sack. You know. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Let, let's let's see how he bounces back. I mean, you would kind of expect it. You would be more surprised if you're like, he moved into this position and it was just rock steady. Well, they're, he they're not all you, Zach Martin. He showed you in the same game he was able he to come back, back. bounce back, and not let it happen again. That's yeah. some Skip Bayless stuff right there, Derek. Like to be – I mean, no, I'm no. not concerned. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, Here's you ask the question and you let people talk about I it. I got Dave. I got out of the Uber. <laughs> I got out of the Uber on Thursday afternoon and we walked up to Levi's Stadium and like right there on the side of the building, this big facade is DeForest Buckner doing this. He's like big enough deal that they put him on the facade of their stadium. And on the third snap of the game, he beat a rookie guard. And it was uh, he got pantsed. Don't get me wrong. Connor Williams got beat badly. I thought he bounced back fine. And no, I'm not concerned about pantsed. it at all. He he. <laughs> He smacked the crap out of Sean Lee out here. Like, welcome back to the field, Sean. Well, hey, you're back in practice. Smack Connor Williams right in his face. Thought it was great. I'm not worried about him. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we will get to the defensive side of the ball. I want to talk about the linebackers particularly, and then we'll talk a little bit about those defensive backs. A few things we have to talk about there. We'll get right back when we come back. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. 
Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F15 mode and F24 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. It is our final week of training camp. Man, it's time to go home. Uh, let's talk some more. We're going to get some more back into the game, talk about the defense. We want to hit the linebackers and the defensive backs particularly. Um, but before we do that, Dave, take it away. Yeah, I got up this morning, and, hey, look, you get to day 20 of training camp, it's it's rough out there. My, like, I don't, well, I don't know about y'all. My hotel room looks like a bomb hit it. It's not great. Um, but but yeah, but I don't I have your maid with you. Huh? Went over to the equipment room and I was like, I need I need my loop. I need my fresh cycle because I'm down to the bare bones. And I, I had to go get my Tommy John because it's a Sunday. You want to work on a Sunday. I needed to be in the right frame of mind when got my Tommy John. It's made a difference. It's made a huge difference. Like my mood immediately elevated. I was like, thank God I'm not wearing like some cotton, uncomfortable crap. Mm-hmm. Got the good stuff. So I'm ready Put to go. Put a smile on your face. I, I really like I, I was like, ooh, there we go. <laughs> We're back. At, we're back at the top. You know how good it feels to be at the top of the laundry rotation. Yes, it that good. is what yeah. wearing Tommy John feels like all the time. I like the sound effects on the show today. Amber started with uh, uh and then you hit the woo. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we got some good sound effects working today. All right, let's uh, let's before we get back into the game um, and talk about the defense, Nick. I did want to take some time um, for those of you who did not see uh, our documentary, our first uh, deep blue of the season this last week, uh, the one we did on Parcells. First of all, you need to go see it. You've been living in a cave. You need to go see it. It's really, really good. Uh, shout out to Rob Phillips and Kent Garrison. They did a phenomenal job putting that thing together. Uh, but we're going to follow that up this week with an equally phenomenal uh, documentary that mm. Nick worked on, Nick, and, mm. uh, and our one of our editors, Chris Beam. Uh, it's called Cold Shoulder. Yeah. And, uh, Nick, tell us what it's well, about. Uh, we're going to roll it out this Wednesday, but tell us what it's about. Yeah, we'll see how how if it's equally as good as that one. That, that's about the best one I've ever seen, so uh, the Parcells one. Um, but um, we're excited about it. Uh, the cold shoulder, I've been working on it uh, for a while, especially here at camp. Everyone around me knows how much we've been working about <laughs> on that one. Uh, Emmett Smith, 25 years ago, the, the uh, sprained shoulder, separated shoulder, broken shoulder, shoulder fell off, whatever you want to say and whatever has been said about it. Um, it was a very memorable game against the Giants, um, and it was it was just one of those situations, one of those moments that uh, it really changed the course of the, of the dynasty. Um, if they don't win that game, then they probably don't, you know, win three Super Bowls out of four years. So, so it all came down to that game, that that moment. Yep. For a lot of people. Yep. So. Wow. We'll see. We'll see how, how if we can get up there on Wednesday. We'll see if we can get everybody's attention from the internet and and watch it. I think I think it could be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. There's a trailer that'll be coming out tomorrow uh, that we'll put on social media, so you guys will be able to check that out and uh, learn more about the documentary. And then again, again on Wednesday, uh, we'll actually run it live the same way we did this last week. You'll be able to watch it on all our platforms. 
uh, from connected TV to our mobile app, to DallasCowboys.com, to Facebook, to Twitter, Periscope, everywhere. We'll have it out there for you guys to be able to check it out um, and watch our second installment of Deep Blue for this 2018 preseason. All right, so let's get back into the, uh, the recap of the game. I want to talk about the linebackers. Um, Joe Thomas and Jalen Smith, I thought, were really good. And if I had to identify one position on the entire team that I was most excited about uh, how they performed, it would be those two guys, mainly because they were flying around to the ball, and it looked like that's the kind of linebackers you want to have in this defense. What did you guys see from particularly the linebackers and those two, or even some, some younger guys that played later in the game? What did you see from the linebacker position? I thought they looked – I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to echo you, but I thought they looked incredible. Um, Joe Thomas is such a sneaky good signing. Like, he can play Mike. He can play Will. He had an interception. He was active in the run game. And then, obviously, Jalen. I mean, he would, he, we know he can play forward toward the line of scrimmage. He did it again on Thursday night. And then, just like he carried Cole Beasley a couple weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, he carried – I think it was George Kittle. He, San Francisco's tight end, like 25, 30 yards downfield, covered a seam route flawlessly. Uh, he looks fantastic. And I, one thing that scares me is – we know he's got that potential. The problem with Jalen was always playing 50, 60 snaps, and how does he hold up over time? Probably not going to see that in the preseason, but the counter to that is that now you have Joe Thomas and Leighton Vander Esch to help ease that load, so maybe you can limit him to 25, 30 snaps a game and let him play like that the whole time. Uh, Damian Wilson looked pretty active on a couple of plays as well, right. so they, they, um, they had a lot of options. There's some guys flying around the ball there. Um, it's going to be tough for one of those young linebackers to make it because they seem pretty heavy right now. Um, even when you're talking about potential, you know, we talked about the other day, potential trades if you were going to do that, even if you want to get into the player part of it, linebacker might be a spot where you can look into something like that. Um, I don't really know how the younger guys are looking, though, like like rookie free agents. I don't think there's any of those guys pushing which not sort of related. Chris Covington was back Covington. in practice yesterday. Yeah, he, I mean, he's him. been missing for forever, it mm -hmm. feels like. Yeah, he, he had bronchitis. Uh, that's something to look for in the next couple games. Hmm. I didn't. I don't remember Justin March Lillard much in the game, but he's been great out here. I, it's <laughs> flipped over the pile at the end of the game. Just to, he was kind of having fun <laughs> over there. Yeah. He just kind of flipped is, around. It's, if I asked him about that, and he just said, I was just – I wanted to, like – do something. Hit, hit somebody. Jalen like used bored. to do that all like during that the regular season yeah, last year. It's like that. Just get on tape, like <laughs> right. doing something. This doing is something. this is. It's a stretch. Obviously, we know that. But if everybody's healthy, this has got to be one of the deepest units on the Cowboys yeah. roster, which is crazy to say out loud. But it looks it looks really promising. And uh, you could do that, but I wouldn't want to because I have a feeling you're going to need them all before it's all said and done. I think, yeah. I think it kind of it, it really makes sense. I mean. Yeah, Sean Lee's been here a long time, and he was a second-round pick but, uh, from a long time ago. But even from the last few years, you know, you have a fourth-round pick in, in Damian Wilson. Here before that, you had Hitchens. Uh, and then you had Jalen Smith as a second-round pick, Leighton Van Der Risch as a first-round pick. I mean, it kind of would make sense that you do have it, some depth it there. I just, you know, my memory of covering the Cowboys is, like, the, the stuff that they've thrown out here in recent years, like Jasper Brinkley, uh, <laughs> Keith Rivers – bringing in Rolando McClain on a Hail Mary in July, which, like, it worked out for a year. But yeah. still, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, Who's what? Keith Rivers? 
Uh, I don't even remember. That was his name, right? The, uh, maybe. Was, was that the guy that came from Cincinnati? He's, that he, sounds he was a right. USC linebacker. Yeah. He played with Maluga. Yeah, yeah. He was here for a hot second. Jasper Brinkley was not here very long. Jos- <laughs> Jasper Brinkley was like a $3 million free agent who didn't even initially make the team. Like yeah. at roster cut, mm. they were like, yeah. that's it's, Gash it's car. Andrew Gashkar. It's been a graveyard of talent. <laughs> I forgot about that one. And now you've got three super freaks and then Joe Thomas, who I think is a – Super freaks? I mean, I like athlete. I'm not saying <laughs> – we don't know what Jalen and Layton can become, yeah. but they are athletic super no doubt. freaks. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Thomas looks like he could be a really sneaky quality signing. So yeah. there's a lot to feel good about. What did you guys see from Layton Vanderesh in this game? Uh, obviously the rookie and, and the highly touted rookie. What did you see in the, in this preseason game? I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of great stuff. I didn't see anything bad. I mean, he, that was him that almost had that interception on the sideline. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't as close on in retrospect as it looked in real time. But, but, it, but it was very still, athletic. It was it a hell of an athletic. effort. Okay. Yeah. It was a hell of an Forget effort. Forget that part of the play. And it was a penalty on them anyways for holding, I think, Anthony Brown. But that was one of my favorite plays of the game. And I, you guys were – I guess both sitting next to me at the game. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought that was the pl- best individual play that I saw was from George Armstrong on that particular play. That just that didn't look like a rookie in his first game. That A guy pushing the pile, showing that kind of strength, going to the ground, getting up off the ground, realizing the play was still going, finding the quarterback, rushing him out of the pocket. I thought that was – that seriously was the, was the be- most individual, the best play that I saw of the game. He looked really good, and I actually talked to him about it yesterday, and he was like, yeah, if I had done this better, I would have just gotten a sack instead of that. And I was like – Cool, he's got Marinelli <laughs> in him then. You you were fine. Yeah, all the – you know, I thought a few of the pass rushers had really nice nights individually. Like, D-Law looked great for the hot minute he was in there. Mm-hmm. Taco had two or three pressures in a you know, quarter and a half. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong looked great. Charles Tapper had a strip and a recovery. And then all of them were like, "Well, we didn't get we didn't get a sack, yeah. so Marinelli's pissed." What about like, Woodsy? Yeah, that's, that's good. That Keep it going. Right. I like what about that. Yeah. Woodsy? That guy gets yeah, up Antoine the field. Woods. Big guy Antoine Woods. Woodsy. He, he gets up the field. <laughs> Him and D uh, Law ran like a stunt together. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, oh yeah. But I actually thought Brian Price played well too. So I mean, you start looking at that. I'm gonna get you a T-shirt. I know. I'm a the fan. Brian I, Price I really fan club. Brian, but but he he. Price I thought he right. played well. I thought he played well, and I think. You know, that was one of the positions. I had some people ask me this last week uh, when I got away from here. They were like, so what, do you th- what are you thinking so far? What are you seeing? I'm like, they were like, if, if there's one position that you're most concerned about, what would it be? I said, going to camp, it was definitely defensive tackle. But there have been a couple guys that have kind of emerged that make you feel a little better. Now, you don't know what you're going to get when the season gets here. But I do feel a little better with Woodsy, as Nick calls him, <laughs> and, uh, and, and with Brian Price out Carey there. I think, I think, they, are, <laughs> I think they are pretty good defensive tackles. And, uh, and may give you a little bit of something until you get Malik Collins back. And maybe if you do ever get David Irving back, until you get David Irving back. Well, they're get, just getting great on-the-job training. Yeah. I mean, they're going up against – I mean, Antoine Woods is going up against Zach Martin and Travis Frederick and, and Connor Williams. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good test right there because mm-hmm. you, you start – Getting a little bit better every day. You win some battles here. You now you now you 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 hit a center in the face. I mean, like, do whatever you got to <laughs> do, and then all of a sudden now you get to the game and you're don't like, don't do that though. Don't 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 hit centers <laughs> in the face. Not but your think, center. I in the think face. it showed yeah. the whole team a little bit that hey, this guy right here. I mean, he's he's 
he means business. He's not intimidated. He's not intimidated by anybody. He's not scared of the situation. And when you get to San Francisco and you get to the next game in Cincinnati, and like, man, this center's not as good as the guy I've been facing all camp. So um, that's, that's a start. There's always three or four guys right now. Yeah. He's one of them that, that's making that push. All right. So we have to now talk about the defensive backs, which overall I think it was just like every other position. I thought there were some really good things that you noticed. There were some things that weren't so great. Let's talk particularly about Anthony Brown. Uh, he gave up a couple plays, had a big mm. P.I. Like, what What did you think of Anthony Brown's play there as you're basically your third cornerback in the slot? It was kind of like the opposite of Lance Lenore. Like, he, Lance Lenore carried his camp into the game. Anthony Brown, I know for all the people that want to see Jordan Lewis, he has not been terrible this camp, and he was especially practicing really well heading into the game. And it just didn't seem like it carried over. He had the bad penalty. He gave up two or three receptions. I mean – it wasn't like a staggering level of bad, but it was certainly a low light among the starter caliber players. Um, just, yeah, kind of forgettable. You know, one thing to kind of point out there, I mean, I was uh, – all three of the, of San Francisco's touchdowns, I believe, happened um, at the very end of the half or in the game. Um, we were down the field for all of them. So I think every, every touchdown that was scored was in a two-minute drill. Uh, for the for the the 49ers, that's not really a good thing. It's not an excuse, of course. It's just that I I wonder in a setting like that, um, and, and they they go over situational football a lot. But I wonder if that's where where some of the breakdowns were communication wise, get different guys in the game because you know when they were playing base defense, it was pretty standard. They they did a good job, but when they went to two minute, um, that's where you see a lot of the breakdowns. So maybe applaud San Francisco for doing a good job there, but. I think I think the Cowboys struggled on all ends there, just trying to get get situated there in the two minute. Yeah, and I guess it didn't lead to a touchdown, but um, Marquest and Huff and Jordan Lewis gave up the big gainer right That's after true. halftime. It was a f- it led to a field goal, right? You guys getting some chicken strips there or something? Well, <laughs> missed that play. It was not. It was not pretty, good. pretty in the good. slightest. Jordan Jordan gave up a step, and I think Huff didn't realize he had. You know, he was supposed to be helping over the top and just. It was uh, – I thought Byron Jones looked nice. And the second – like when the first team pass rush was out there, I thought the secondary looked fine. But Cheeto gave up a couple completions. Nothing drastic, but, you know, you just – we you know, my as my mention said, like we've been touting these guys for two weeks and they didn't really look amazing out there. So it's something to watch. It's what the next two games are for. I assume they're not going to play in the fourth one, at least not the big guys. So – did anything change yeah. in your opinions about Jordan Lewis? Um, obviously, a lot of fans want to see him out there because he was a draft pick a couple of years ago. They feel like because of that, uh, he probably is your third best corner, but he's not out there because Anthony Brown is your slot corner. Do you think that at some point, you know, he's going to be able to really push for that job? Or do you think this really is about Anthony Brown and, and them believing in the fact that Anthony Brown's your, your third best corner, or at least the best in the slot? I could see Jordan Lewis taking that spot this week. You know, that's, that's kind of what training camp's about, preseason games about. Anthony Brown gave you an opportunity. He didn't didn't have your best moment. You know, we'll see. Maybe he bounces back this week. Maybe they, they move Jordan Lewis into that spot. You know, that's kind of what competition is all about. It's fitting timing because Jordan Lewis ended practice last night with an interception, but it was as a member of the second-team yep. defense. So right. I, I don't know. And, and, like, I mean, Jordan hasn't been bad, but it's not like he's just, you know, just wrecking the league out here to the point where – I can definitively say, like, yeah, he needs to be starting. Like, he's he's been all right. He's had his ups and his downs, just like Anthony. Um, 
that's it's something to watch, especially in the dress rehearsal game, which is the you know the one that most nearly mimics a regular season game. I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Uh, keep an eye on it, but honestly, I don't know how to feel right from now. From what we've seen so far, I would say they're pretty close to you know level wise, based on every practice that we've seen. I mean, it's not that Jordan has been oh this much greater than Anthony Brown, and neither has Anthony Brown. You know, so. We'll see what happens. And Anthony Brown, in the past, like even last year, I mean, he's the guy that you keep thinking he has this kind of potential, and then he gets in the game, and it doesn't really, he doesn't really perform to that level that you're expecting. And we saw that once again in this preseason game. Yep. Real quick before we end the show, um, we got it all shocked that. that Dan Bailey didn't kick in this game. Yes. Ha. <laughs> 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 Which. I mean, it, it goes to show you that the not shocked. the <laughs> coaching staff is not as concerned about Dan Bailey as, as others are, which, I, hey, good vote of confidence. and Maybe they are. Maybe that's why he didn't kick. I was going to ask, is it the flip? Here, well, the flip, it, and that's like, well, why why wreck his confidence if – Right. Well, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. I'm, I'm no, guessing I, I, here. That, that, was a, really that guessing. was rhetorical. It wasn't directed at you. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're worried about shattering the Pro Bowl kicker's confidence by yeah. making him kick in the preseason opener. Like, that's not a good – if that's why they didn't do it, I'm terrified. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's conceivable that he's, he's an eight-year veteran. He's made a lot of kicks. If they're not worried about him and they don't want him to put the strain on his body, fine. Right. If they Which held, I'm okay with, by that, the way. That's fine. If they held him out because they're worried about hurting his confidence in a preseason game, then that sounds like trouble to me. Yeah. But I don't know that that's the case. This will so. be uh, this will be interesting. I, I'm interested to see how much they'll use him in some of the other preseason games that are follow that that, that will follow, uh, because I I personally would like to see him kick the entire preseason. But that's a decision they you have know, to make based on all things they know. You know, I went back and, and looked at his stats from last year uh, when he came back from the injury. He missed four field goals and two extra points. Uh, the weird part about that is, is the two extra points. They're both what are those? Thirty four yards. Yeah. And then the the miss. One missed field goal in Philadelphia was like 21 yards. I mean, it was really – it was at the very end of the game. Uh, the other three misses in that span are all 50 yards or more. So, right. I mean, of the four field goal misses, there was that really bad one in Philly – uh, and then there was, uh, they're all 52, 54, 54, 51. Which are not gimmies, right? Not gimmies at all. I mean, you kind of just expect more out of him. Um, that's why it's kind of surprising. But it's not like he was, uh, you know, I can't take that. But he missed two extra points in that short one. So, yeah. yeah, out of those seven, six misses, three of them. The miss on the goal line at the end of the Philly game was just like the perfect punctuation mark on the crap sandwich that was last year. I just remember, I think I laughed. Like, <laughs> like when it happened, I was just like, that is the perfect way to end this season. Yeah. And, and I think what's also kind of just a little bit concerning is that we've seen him miss in that 30 to 40 range out mm -hmm. here uh, several times in a row, too. And I think that's the part you kind of just keeping your eye on it. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about him with the 50 and over because, like, that's a crapshoot unless yeah. you have – I mean, like, he's been automatic before, but, I mean – you don't get mad at kickers for missing from 55, right, just, but I would love to see him attempt four or five field goals from 40 and in, 45 and in. Just to, I mean, I think, just to see. I think what what sucks is that he has been so automatic, and you want to have that again. And if he misses kicks to the point where you feel like you have to make a change, 
you're not going to go get what Dan Bailey was before. You're going to go get what he what is right now. Yeah. You're just going to get a different guy with a different set of confidence, and yeah. he comes in. It's going to be the same. He's yeah. still going to be, uh, you know, a 75% kicker. Right. So you're not going to go get that 90. You, right. you got. I mean, that, those that's, guys don't sit on the street long. That's what's kind of yeah. frustrating yeah. about it. You want Dan Bailey to get back to the 90, but if you don't, you're going to end up cutting cutting him and getting another guy, and it's going to be the same boat. Which, this sounds very doom and gloom, so contrary to my personality, I'll offer the optimism, which is that. <laughs> oh, I like it. Since that bad stretch of days where he missed, like, four and two practices, like, he's been he's been back to his usual self out right. here. I think, I think he's missed one in the five practices since then, but he's looked fine. So maybe it's much ado about nothing. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us this week. We'll be back. Um, sorry, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, actually, Amber will be hosting the show tomorrow. We'll be talking more Cowboys football. We'll be on on Wednesday. That's when we'll wrap up camp uh, live here from Oxnard, California. Till then, for Nick Even, Amber Garcia, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?